and it becomes our first teacher. Nature is our construct. It is our market, it's our playground. And these forces were here and they're gonna be here. You can't destroy a tornado. You can't destroy the wind. You can't, you can dry up, you can make dams with rivers and lakes, but eventually water's gonna find its way. That's Olokun. When we, when I look at Orishas, I remember many years ago, my godfather, he said mm. uh, in his beautiful Yoruba voice, he said, the Orishas are like unemployed people. They're waiting in the unemployment, the, the unemployment office. They, they're ready for you to put them to work. <laughs> they work for us and they'll always be here. We are the divine, the Ori, the divine spirit. These Orishas are here to assist us. We can humanize them. They do. They have personalities, characteristics, attributes. They have functions. Welcome back to the Sounds of Sand podcast. Today we present a community conversation with our guests, Bio Akumalafe and Chief Aluo Abafemi Fayemi Epiga. Hosted by Sand co-founders Zaya and Maurizio Bonazzo, recorded in June of 2023. And Zaya and Maurizio will properly introduce today's guests. But at the top of the show, I wanted to mention that Sand has just released a new course with Bio and his fellow guides, Orlin Bishop and Resma Manikin, who were both guests here on previous Sounds of Sand podcast episodes. And this course is a live recording of the seminal Three Black Men, A Journey into the Magical Otherwise event, which was recorded live in Los Angeles in June of 2023. And you can find out more about this course, which contains over seven hours of video footage with the three black men. And you can find out more in our show notes, or if you go over to scienceandnonduality.com, you'll see a link there at the top in our banner of how to connect with this course. And so now I present to you I Am A Seed with Bio Akamolafe and Chief Aluo Abafayemi Fayemi today on the Sounds of Sand podcast presented by Science and Non-Duality. Welcome to Science and Non-Duality. What is non-duality? The universal forces. It's the collective conscious being aware. Trauma is not the external event that happens. Trauma is the impact of that event, which is the disconnection from ourselves. That matter is energy. Energy is matter. That's what EMC squared is about. There's a language without nouns. There is a language without subjugation. There's a language without objectifying. But if it's recorded, then we there is a collapse. But if it's not, then it's the infinite potentiality. My name is Maurizio Benazzo. My name is Zaya Benazzo, and we are speaking today from Southern Pomo land and coastal Miwok in California. Yes, um, mm-hmm. and we are so excited. You have no idea because <laughs> I love Baba. I'm getting emotional now all of a sudden. I love Baba Femi. I love Baba Femi and I love Bayo. And I love Bayo. Those two characters are two human beings, two brothers that to me are so dear to my heart. And um, why am I getting emotional? Mm, that's good. Oh, really? <laughs> you move. Wow. Yeah. And just to let you know, Bayo will be a couple of minutes late. So we will begin with introducing Baba Femi and then Bayo will join us in yeah. a minute. So just so you know, but so, he's on his way. Yeah. So let's let's me let's start by introducing Baba Femi officially with the you know with the classic reading of the of the bio. 
and and then I want to add a word or two. So Chief Oluo Obafemi Fayemi Epega is a world-renowned Babalao and the founder of OIDSI, Obafemi Institute for the Divine and Universal Study of IFA. It was initiated in 2005. He strongly believed that the restoration and preservation of Africa, divine science and tradition can restore psychological balance and personal empowerment to all people. He's a lecturer, teacher, healer, and the author of a book, Uisambo. Baba Femi has facilitated IFA workshop all over the world, currently is in Slovenia. He has been invited to share his knowledge and insight on countless radio show, university colleges, on top of it, he oversees over 400 ceremonies and rituals as uh, directed facilitator or served as principal liaison for the initiation of more than 50 IFA priests. And now there are probably way more than that. With the blessing, <laughs> how many now? <laughs> more. With the blessings of Olu, Olu, Olodumare, his ancestor and IFA, his life has allowed him to fully embrace and experience that which his heart has chosen. He's proud to be an African-American man, an native Houstonian, descendant of slaves, priest of Ifa, teacher, author, mentor, son, friend to many, loving husband, and most importantly, an honorable, an honorable father. Mm. And let me add, as I said, I mean, he's hitting me like a ton of brick. I love you, man. I love you. We met you four years you, ago. <laughs> yeah, we met you four or five years ago. And... It's such a joy every time I have a chance to spend a minute with you or a day. And I'm so honored that you are here in our community and share Thank you. you Thank you. Family. Thank you, man. You guys have been a blessing to me and to my tribe as well. Definitely appreciate your work. Mm. Yeah. You've been kind. So well, kind. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, we were wondering, Baba Femi, if you would be open to share a few words for those of us who don't know much about IFA before Bio steps in to just give a background when we mention IFA and uh, in the conversation, what do we need to know? The basics. Well, the basics is uh, <clears throat> it's definition by definition. Uh, it has many definitions, but the one that I treasure the most or um, Ifa being the wisdom of nature, uh, universal truth, uh, this natural order of things, and most importantly, our place as you know, spirits having human experience, as well as our individual experiences. Nature is our first teacher. And for me, Ifa has been the blessing, uh, primarily because uh, it's less way less of a religion and more of sacred science. And most importantly, the sacred science of oneself. And as we grow here as uh, members of the human family, members of the planet, along with all the things of nature, animals, birds, plants, trees, waters, mountains, hills, and so on, these divine forces uh, combined with the human spirit is to give us our purpose, is to give us, um, help us better understand our destiny um, within, you know, the realm of our own capacity, getting us to operate within the capacity of our own integrity that some of us have lost. I think Ifa brings that back to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Beautiful, beautiful. And what, maybe one more question. When you say destiny, how do right. you understand destiny in the tradition of Ifa? Destiny is, it is believed when you uh, arrive here, that from the time you arrive here to the time you depart here, uh, you have chosen your destiny. That does not take away all the free will, the choices in between. Um, destiny is that destination. Uh, when one is born, uh, we begin our experience, or more so the process of expiring, which means we're much older than what we give ourselves these 60, 65, 70, 75, 80 years. We're much older than that. Uh, our, our journey here is much shorter. You know, we are, you know, derivative of that which is an infinite. And so from the time we get here, you know, whatever we've chosen to do, uh, we should be about the business of it. And for us in Ifa, we believe that nature are uh, yeah, the, the, the tenets of Ifa, the workings of Ifa, gives us that uh, knowledge, that information to understand purpose. Purpose is what helps us to reach our destiny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. And maybe one more question then, uh, like the way we met Baba Femi was uh, in the Ifa, Ifa tradition, there is something called divination. So we yes. have been experiencing your wisdom through the practice of divination. Uh, and it has been incredible uh, experience for us, really very powerful guidance. Um, yeah. I want to say something about yeah. divination and what that represents. That is the most, I would say, the number one um, tool in Ifa is understanding divination because divination provides the roadmap uh, to understanding purpose, to understanding the choices we have made to understanding where we come from, where we are, where we're going. Divination is to be divine. It's our divinity to know. Uh, divination helps us to understand the choices. Uh, if one has a divination se session and it speaks of there is a opportunity to expand your work, your career that's upcoming. And if, you, if I says this will be good for you, if you've been doubting, if you've had any... Uh, Know, insecurities or doubt that this would be something that would be worthwhile. Ifa in divination will let you know if it's beneficial, if it's appropriate, if it's in your highest interest to take that position. Uh, as opposed to just guessing, as opposed to uh, uncertainty, as opposed to indecisiveness. A good reading, a good divination session doesn't really tell you much of anything that you don't already know. It gives you a lot more uh, information uh, and confirmation uh, for you to make a better choice. And that's it. You can always take the information and leave it alone, or you can accept it and um, go in the direction that it has sent you. Yeah. So I think yeah. that is the most popular thing for people uh, that come in contact with uh, Ifa is the divination. Yeah. When, when we started, when we met, it was probably four years ago. And, and it was, you know, somebody introduced it to us. Hey, it did some divination. Interesting. Oh my God. Yeah. Interesting. Cute. Then all of a sudden we sailed. Whoa, that, that's not what he just said. And he happens. And then we ask again and he said, what? And to the point that we were shooting in Brazil, you told that, well, your cameraman will have an allergic reaction. 
what? <laughs> and, and our cameraman got beat by a mosquito and his hand became this big. Wow. It's insane. I mean, it's incredible. And the beauty of it, that I don't feel that your divination tend to tell us, do this, don't do that. It's just, it's, it's never, it's never, this is good. It's, never, it's, it's always a general indication as a tennis. It's an indication of a path, let's say, yes. of your direction towards your destiny. You know, you have to reach Boston. Well, you can go this way or you can go this way. This way is That's fine. It. Yeah. That is the key. If we all were going to go to Boston, you know, we could go by train, plane, automobile, uh, boat, whatever, whatever means we need. But the goal is to get to Boston. Yeah. You know, that that is what we call perfect uh, to complete the task. Sometimes we think perfect means um, something without error or something that's flawless. Actually, perfect means the ability to complete a task. So it's as long as we complete the task, then it's perfect. Mm. That's a beautiful distinction. Beautiful distinction. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful distinction. Okay. I think Bio is with us. Oh, wow. Awesome. Bring Bio back, and maybe I will just introduce Bio before we move on. For those who don't know who Bio is, yes. which I doubt <laughs> many of you, uh, Bio Akomolafe is rooted with the Yoruba people in the in a more than human world. He's the father of Aletea and Kia, and a grateful life partner of Ije, son and brother. A wildly celebrated international speaker, post-humanist, writer, thinker, poet, teacher, public intellectual. He has also written two books, The Wilds Beyond Our Fences, Letter to My Daughter on Humanity's Search for Home, and We Will uh, Tell Our Own Story, The Lions of Africa Speak. Bayokumalafe is also the founder of the Emergence Network and host of the online post-activist course, We Will Dance with the Mountains, Yay. which I think now it's yearly course, so people can join each year. Welcome, Bayo. Thank you nice so much you. for being with us. And we just uh, had a chance to introduce Baba Femi, and we spoke a little bit about what IFA is for those of us who mm. don't know much. Um, so maybe we can start a conversation with the two of you sharing your journeys. Bio, you come from the Yoruba people. This is your tradition and how Yoruba cosmology has informed your, your path, your life, yes. spiritual path. Yes. For Baba Femi, you were born in America. And yeah. what was your journey to finding <laughs> Ifa as a, as a serious spiritual practice and a path? So whoever feels starting. Well, let, let me greet my brother properly first. I greet you, big brother. It's, it's um, we haven't uh, met until now, but in a sense, I think we've always met. It's good to see you um, and to be in conversation with you. Um, coming to this conversation, I heard you speak about Boston. I thought I was in the wrong place for a moment. <laughs> it was uh, Boston, Boston. I was like, what's happening here? Is this the right call? Um, but, but I came by way of other conversations and landing here, but there was this excitement that I'm coming here. Like I'm going to have a good plate of Ebba and Egusi soup. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the Ebba and Egusi soup. Exactly. There you yeah, go. Melon seed, yes, okay, just, just, just put it right there. So they know <laughs> All right. 
Um, well, but but it is it's good to be with you, mine. brother. Yeah, I've, I've heard so much about you. I uh, did a little research, and uh, when we posted this, um, two very close friends of mine reached out and said, you got to be on the show with Bayo. Do you know what you're doing? And I said, no, but he's very, very well-renowned. And for me, as much as I may be a big brother, I'm very humbled uh, to be in your presence, especially for your work. I've looked at your work. It's exquisite, very, very tasteful and exquisite. Um, Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So Thank I you, appreciate brother. it. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Thank you brother. And we greet everyone. I, I haven't greeted everyone here. Thank you. Thank you for holding this space together. Brother, you want to go first with your story in response to our wonderful uh, hosts? Well, yeah, my uh, experience coming into um, Ifa or the uh, Yoruba culture uh, yeah. was uh, many, many years ago. Uh, actually, I, I, I kid everyone. This is 30 years that I was uh, this year. Uh, 2023 marks 30 years that I was asked to leave the church. Um, they politely asked me to leave and uh, don't come back. They said the church was not my home. Uh, because I had the audacity to um, teach a class that was based upon knowledge and less of faith. And for that, it got me in a lot of trouble. But I thank them so much because uh, they actually, uh, the words of the deacon um, rings in my head all the time. And when I was exiting, before I exited out, he said, you cannot teach this in here. And when I said, why not? The Bible says, study to show thyself approved. And he said, well, Christians aren't here to know. Christians are here to believe. Uh-huh. And that was the, the clarity that I needed. And uh, exiting out, uh, I think I went on about 10 years of uh, spiritual quest. And uh, it's so interesting because my, uh, my Oluo, who is uh, Afalabi Adiyemi Apega, uh, he was, um, his compound was in Okure, Ando State. And uh, he had an institute in Lagos. But yeah. before I met him, um, I was on this 10-year journey of a spiritual journey. And by the time I met him, he said, and I spoke of my journey, he told me I was a spiritual prostitute because he said I had been to every house. I had with Christianity, the Nation of Islam, the Shrine of the Black Madonna, the Unity Church. Uh, we tried this uh, Egyptian history. I went everything. He said, oh, my God, you're a spiritual prostitute. Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> and he taught me. Okay, what write that one down. Yeah, he taught me what Ifa was, what Ifa was not, uh, because that was a lot of confusion. Uh, a lot of people with egos and uh, being uh, who I am, uh, trying to be of gentle character. We call it Iwapwele. Um, mm. it, it was really, it's been a beautiful journey. And this is uh, 18 years uh, initiated as a priest. Uh, I was initiated mm-hmm. at his compound and uh, the journey has been beautiful from the time I arrived back in America and it's given me the opportunity to go all over the world to meet all different people, shapes, sizes, colors, gifts, capacities. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been beautiful and, and continuing. Right now I'm in Slovenia and a uh, mm-hmm. beautiful city, very quiet. People are very peaceful, laid back, but very, very open. And there's a small uh, community here. And uh, I met a brother from uh, Cameroon. And we hit it off very well because I had my ancestral DNA done. And it spoke a lot about 
um, of course, Yoruba and uh, the uh, Bamileke, the Kotoko people of Cameroon. And uh, we had a very, very good meeting. So it's been, and this is for me, what is Ifa, what is spirituality? What is the connection with nature? It puts you with the right people at the right time. Mm -hmm. So we say Ashe. <laughs> Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I, I would add uh, some of my story to that. I, I'm not uh, um, initiated in Ifa, but I've always felt enlisted. Mm -hmm. um, that there has been a calling. It, it's, it's remarkable that I also, also felt myself drifting away from the church. Yes. The church as a holding place. I grew up in the church. Um, and I was, right? I, I, I was doing, I was the choir. I was in the choir. I was a, the poster child for churchiness. Right, I went on Sundays and Wednesdays and Fridays. So Sunday and Wednesday, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Okay. So I went through the whole works, the whole drill. I I did all of that, so I knew exactly what you're talking about. And then at some point in time, it felt like like the world was bigger than my spirituality, and that created this imbalance, this state of. I don't want to use the old and tired and exhausted terminology of cognitive dissonance, but you understand what I'm saying. It, it felt like it felt like um, the world that the church was inviting me to consider as real seemed impoverished, and my sense of beauty transcended that world. That world that I was told to build, that world of exclusivity. So I also became some kind of a spiritual prostitute which is a word that I'm going to write down and probably write an essay around. You know, I, I became very promiscuous, very promiscuous. I, I found myself, and I, I'm just hoping my mom isn't on this call because I still, she still calls me every Sunday and, and says, did you, did, you, did you go to church? Yeah. <laughs> so I just hope she isn't on this call. Um, uh, I, I, went to the, I went to the mosque I dabbled in Buddhism. I I explored a great number of things, right, including atheism. Wow! But, but I, I I did I I found a an at homeness with this with Ifa mm -hmm. and with the stories that had been lost because of my education and yeah. because of the circumstances. Of, right, I was very well educated, and to be educated, as I say often is to be educated away from context, is to treat Ifa as some kind of pavilion of demons, right? It's, yeah. it's, uh, right? it's just a holding space for pathological um, issues. It, things really came to a head when I met with priests and they answered my existential questions about psychopathology and, and trauma and bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, ingredients of my profession. And they did it in such a way that has not left me. 
um, that, that has since informed everything I do and what I call my public intellectual work. So um, in, in a sense, we are, while not initiated, and that threshold for everyone listening is critical. You know, you cannot say that I, it's not something that you can just will yourself into. Ifa is agential. You have to be called into the space. Yes. Yeah, you cannot just say, hey, I'm just going to pick this up. So, um, but there is a sense in which I do find myself enlisted in, in the oracular, in the work of speaking with, speaking to, speaking about and dancing with, with these worlds and realities. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's uh, well said. Well said. I, uh, I've, I've always been taken with the stories of antiquity that yeah. helps give us this philosophical perspective, the, the perception of how a people saw their world and yeah. how we saw a world in antiquity through our ancestors, how our ancestors saw a world uh, before uh, colonization. But the, the, the thing is, is, is how much uh, you brought up something that was very, very important, something I heard a long time ago and didn't understand was uh, my older brother who has since transitioned spoke about if you are dealing with religion, you still don't get it because it's equated often with a very, very uh, impoverished mentality. It's, it's, it's often the hope of a people or a person that has yet to see things, to understand how to see things unseen. And it's very, very important that we see ourselves first and the world that we've chose to live in at this time, you know, in this place, in this country, in this city, whatever you've chosen, whatever your spirit have chosen, the parents that have brought you into this world. Um, I, I've, I've enjoyed the stories, um, the, the common philosophy of a people um, up and down from the east through the flood routes into what we now know as West Africa and up, up mm -hmm. you know, down the coast, recreating itself through the diaspora. Uh, with the native and the indigenous people, um, it, it is like a beautiful germinated system um, that is trying to uh, heal in so many ways, heal mm. in so many ways through a mm. natural. Work. You know, it's this, it's this spring of that refuses to dry up, but is very difficult to find. And you're right; it's not a system to proselytize. Anyone who's trying to proselytize Ifa, shame on you. Because that's not what it is. It's not a door-to-door. -door. It's not a Jehovah it's not a Jehovah's Witness system. I hope I'm not offending anyone. So yeah. No, it's, it's the, the presumption of universality is missing, right? The sacred is deeply local, but the local is also simultaneously cosmic, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's that here is a spirituality that is grounded in the intensity of place, right? That I mean, I receive Christianity as a flattening of place, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like for, forget, forget the instantiations and intelligences and movements and names and stories that 
have populated and have created your world. Forget all of that. You know, this is the way. This is the only way. Right? And I know that's right. The only way is, and, and that idea of a singular highway coincides with imperialism, coincides with a one world theory, a one world thesis. Mm-hmm. Ifa is this refusal to dance to the rhythms of, you can call them rhythms of, of that one way thesis. It's like, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to stay here on the curb <laughs> and I'm not going to be smaller than you because I'm not part of that economy of Absolutely. measuring size, but I'm going to go deep into this place, into this space and excavate nourishment. Um, but this, this offers a question and I thought we could both respond to this, but you first is why Ifan now? Why is this important? Why are we speaking about this now? Why, what is the invitation here then? You know, that question has been popping up lately a lot with Ifa practitioners. And it's even calling on them to even go deeper. Uh, I myself have been around it 20 plus years, a little over 20 years. And being going through initiation, why now? Yeah. Uh, the astrologists will say we're in the Aquarian age. Um, <clears throat> Christians will say we're in the last days. <laughs> um, I think the universe, I think it simply speaks that the medicine to help us go forward is to get back to sort of a natural way, the simplicity of nature. I've often, uh, one of the things that I taught my children and I, they often think I play jokes on them. I have four sons. <clears throat> Took them to the zoo one day. Went to, said, I want to take you to the zoo. And they're a little bit older. And they was like, Dad, you're going to take us to the zoo? Yeah, let's go to the zoo. So we get to the zoo. We see the lions. And I said, what is that in the cage? And they go, oh, come on, Pop. This is, we know what that is. This is a test. I said, no, tell me. Humor me. Tell me what that is. And they said, it's a lion. And I said, no, it's not a lion. It's a representative of a lion because a lion needs to be on the tundra and the savannah doing what a lion does. The integrity of the lion has been challenged. We as human beings must learn to operate within the capacity of our own integrity. But we don't know what that is. We've been compromised. We no longer think thoughts. The thoughts think us. He's being fed. He roars. He entertains us. But trust me, even though they have promised him a longer life with better health care and a proper mm-hmm. diet, it does not mean he's operating within the capacity of his integrity. And I mm-hmm. think that's what Ifa, being the wisdom of nature, can offer us. But that may be different for everyone. It's how you see your world, mm-hmm. how you choose to see mm-hmm. your world, as mm-hmm. opposed to what you've been taught to see. Mm-hmm. And so we've been taught that lions are better seen in the zoo. And when I had the opportunity to visit Masamari and watch the migration into the Serengeti, that whole scene was like a big lunchroom. It's like a big buffet where these lions walk simultaneously with zebras and wildebeest. And the wildebeest are not afraid because they're million plus strong. The lions just need one of you per day. And to me, that is the wisdom and the beauty of nature. 
that even when the wildebeest crossed the Zambezi River to get to the other side, of the million that cross, nine, eight or nine won't make it because of the hippos and the crocodiles. But if they remain there, they're going to starve because they've eaten up all the grass. So they have to cross mm-hmm. over for the new grass. And to me, that is the simple wisdom. Mm-hmm. It, it, and, mm-hmm. and they're operating all within their integrity. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's sweetness, there's kindness, there's family, there's violence, there's mayhem, there's anxiety, there's to cross that river, but it's all part of life itself. Mm-hmm. Thank you, brother. Um, I, I situate I situate Ifa and it's and it's thrilling and brilliant significance, contemporary significance um, in stories of enslavement, stories of capture, and how it responds to that. Right? I'm still. This might be a thing to to share with everyone, uh, but there is still a level of bafflement how Ifa traveled how the Orishas traveled. <laughs> the, the Yoruba people were not by any means the dominant group. I mean, there are people from Angola, people from Cameroon, you know, present day, like, taken across the Atlantic. The Yoruba people were just a subset of the Africans that were abducted, stolen. And yet, their spirituality became the dominant Afro-diasporic spirituality, the dominant force. It's still a mystery how that became the case, how, you know, the Orishas transmutated into Candomblé, Capoeira, Santeria, and all these other forms of divinity and study and inquiry. And I think that study is at the heart of my is why I think Ifa is is critical today, especially now to our politics, to how we think about you know the future, how we think about ourselves, and how we respond to the impasses of modernity. Because I feel that in some sense, slave ships are pulling up to our shores again, and yeah. the, the slave ship never left. Right, modernity as a, as a as an assemblage is now witnessing slave ships pulling up, right? And the thing to do now is to travel and to travel with issue, to travel with a trickster, right? To, you know, in a sense, I I guess at, at some other level, I'm trying to say that we are witnessing displacement now. We're witnessing displacement now. Home no longer behaves like home, right? Um, um, it's not just red tides and toxic algal blooms or bleaching of the reefs or global warming or all of that or declining trust in democracy. It's, you know, it's that settlement is disappearing. And when displacement is afoot, you need a kind of spirituality that is resilient and knows how to think through and talk with diaspora, with displacement, yeah. with yeah. becoming lost. Right. Yeah. So we have lived with the gods of from Greece for a long time. <laughs> and to res- with respect to those dudes, 
I think Orishas are becoming <laughs> the dominant. You know, yeah, we've been speaking about that. You know, but I think the the, the Orishas, you know, Yemoja and all the water rhine and the, the spirits and the ancestors and the the assemblage of the Orisha. I think they're a gift. Their stories and their narratives and their agencies are invitation for us to make home in a different way. Yes. yes. Ifa is an animist response to climate change. That, <laughs> that is pretty vibrant. Yeah. That's beautiful. That, that, that's well said. I, I may steal some of that. So if you... Uh, Let's, really, let's just steal stuff from each other, brother. We agree to that. Yeah, let's disagree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it is amazing okay. how it made it through the diaspora. My uh, trip to Brazil was very yeah. interesting to see. We visited a temple of Ifa for the yeah. uh, Angola, and the Nzinga Temple in uh, right outside of right on the edge of uh, Salvador in Bahia State. And never before had I seen a priest of Ifa do capoeira, the martial arts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. And there were women and they were bending and kicking and moving the way and they were playing the instruments. And this was all in the spirit of Orisha. Mm -hmm. I had never seen Kapoweta done in the spirit of Orisha. Mm. And as we went to the different temples and we saw similar colors, we visited uh, one of the places that is now uh, recognized by UNESCO. Um, it's a very, very beautiful temple. The, the elder woman, uh, she's an icon. She had since transitioned. And to see the different mm. houses that, that represent each, each Orisha, and um, mm -hmm. the most beautiful thing that I experienced, I think it was at the end of the 2018 Olympics, when the Olympics were held in Brazil. Yes, 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 yes. And I know this. the very <laughs> last day, the very last day it was televised, they had wow. this huge skating rink and the women okay. were skating with the big, I can't remember the big dresses that they wear. It's, it's, it's really big. It's well, out. White, was and it white? Oh, yeah, white. white. Yeah, white, yeah. and they had the crossing of the uh, Eleke, yeah. Uh, yeah. the Mazel, what they called it, and they were in this figuring. They 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 showed the constellations, and they said a history of weaving. The concept was a history of weaving, and mm -hmm. weaving belongs to the Orisha Obatala, Obatala. which in, which in Kemet or Egypt is the called Kanum, the one that mm -hmm. sits at the potter's wheel and shape all human beings. Obatala is also the chief of the white cloth. Yeah. And the history of weaving, they was making these uh, movements on the floor, on their skates. And I was so excited. And I was in Seattle at the time. And I was trying to get all the people, you got to come see this, you got to come see them. People was like, yeah, they're just skating. You don't know what you're <laughs> witnessing. This is the whole, not just diaspora, this is the Fibonacci theory. This is sacred geometry. This is how mm. things come into existence. And this is our way of telling the story. And I was so amazed. I got chills and 
I ended up watching it by myself and people said, I didn't know you were that interested in the Olympics. I said, I'm not. <laughs> I said, I'm interested in this concept. So when I got to Brazil and we visited the place and they had the machines and I bought so much cloth because they, they were still in this modern times weaving and knitting cloth, which is mm-hmm. how things not only come into existence, but how they maintain their existence. Right. And I, yeah. I thought it was just beautiful because so much has been uh, overshadowed by the atrocities of slavery. So much mm. has been, uh, the, the atrocity of the slaves have, have just overshadowed so much mm-hmm. of how they actually survived and what they brought with them. The, the, and the simplicity of using the laws of nature in, in making clothes and of course, mm-hmm. planting food. These people were brilliant agriculturists. You know, they, they were great farmers. And all of that is sacred science. And look at us now. I'm here in a country where everyone wants a home so they can grow their own garden. I'm, I live, I'm living in a, I was staying in a flat here. And every little piece of eight by eight, 10 by 10 square, somebody's growing food. And it's amazing to me because at home we have so much land in our backyards and we're growing nothing. Mm. We're just putting up picnic tables to go to the store and buy things to eat. And so the contrast Mm. for me, uh, when you speak about why now, that organic compound uh, is trying to make its way back because I think in our own manifold mercy of human beings having these spiritual experience, we're, we're crying out for something. And I think is, uh, you know, I'm not saying that everyone uh, has to become a practitioner of Ifa, but mm-hmm. just simply understanding the wisdom of nature and how it moves and yes. the story and the wisdom of it that has always been here. You know, we're, we're, we're now daring ourselves to open up that closet door to see what it really is. Yeah. And I think some yeah. of us are very, very surprised, very, very surprised of what it brings in the attaining the wisdom of your own purpose, attaining some wisdom mm-hmm. to your own destiny, if that's mm-hmm. what you're looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I know Zion and Maurizio want to, want to get in into our juicy, into our juicy conversation. Should we let them in? Okay. Yes, yes. Let's let them in. I know these people. They're very good. We didn't want to interrupt, but I was wondering if you want to say something about Orishas for those who might not actually, who are the Orishas? I'll let my brother go first. And maybe the the question we wanted to ask both of you is, um, you know, Bio, you you often talk about uh, the importance of getting lost and being lost. Then in Ifa, um, the divination is about knowing our destiny. So knowing the yes. destination. Mm, beautiful. How can we weave this? Oh my God, and it. is getting lost part of the destiny, Baba Femi? Can that be part? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you first initiated <laughs> the Ifa, the, the, the whole design is to get lost to find your true self. The priest will say, now that we've initiated you, you can now go initiate yourself. They gave you nothing that you didn't already have. It was a ceremony. 
The cork is now popped on the bottle. So all your crap, your crud, your garbage, your sewage, your BS has to come out to see what has kept you lost. Now you have to go find your true self. No contradiction here. No contradiction. And if there's a contradiction, then it's spicy. And then you just eat it up, right? We're not dealing with Aristotelian um, contradictions that, that stop everything. We're dealing with dense places, thick places, koans that should not be just unraveled easily. The invitation to get lost, you know, the, the saying is in order to find your way, you must become lost, okay. right? that there, there is a sense in which we are co-participating with particular agents and realities and intelligences. And they understand that, like the priests that I've sat with understand that, that we are entangled with the world. They have no idea, they suffer no illusion that we are under no illusion that we are independent actors. No, we're not independent, like in the sense that neoliberalism might think of us as independent and isolated. Every action is an acting with, right? You act with an ancestor. You, you visit a priest, you might tell you that, you know, 20 years ago, your aunt did this to you. I'm not going to tell you what this means, but, but, but your aunt did this to you and it has caused all your problems. You have to meet that aunt again, even though she's dead now, you have to appease that aunt, right? There is a sense in which we are connected in ways that are invisible to the world around us, right? And this is, this dances so beautifully with post-humanist material feminisms, indigenous ways of understanding the world, black scholarship, right? These are the things that we're saying that we, we're not dots in the world, we are lines of continuity and discontinuity, okay? so. Getting lost is addressing your, your entanglement, right, with particular assemblages. Getting lost is addressing the fact that there are others around you and you have to meet them first in order to meet other ways of being in the world. You have to address, you can't, you can't just dance across thresholds, right? I've often humorously said that white modernity is demanding to speak with a manager, right? Right. It's like, I need to, like, right now, I, I want to address why, why is the sun this hot? It, it's uncomfortable for me. I demand to see the manager. There, there, is, there, there is a sense in which, in which it's, a, it's an eliding and occluding of the densities and intensities that the world is made up of, right? Um, and so getting lost then is noticing that you have to address thresholds. You have to bend your posture. You have to prostrate when Shongo is passing. You know, you, you, can't just, uh, you can't just ease your way through things or snap your fingers and the world bends to your will. The world is will. The world is expansive. The world is alive. And this might, say, this might be a beautiful way to segue into, you know, speaking about Orishas. Orishas are, are super deities you know 
you know, my my daughter asked me about Orishas the other day, and I used the Avengers to explain to explain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you've you've done that. Okay, we've done that with the Hulk and Captain America. But go ahead, yeah. It's it's yeah. That might be a beautiful way to. to it's the, the Orishas are. I don't want to call them heroes, right? The, the hero myth or the hero architecture is too impoverished to hold what these figures are doing, right? But they're superhuman um, archetypal forces, their intensities, their powers. We will speak of them occasionally as if they have human form. And our stories will anthropomorphize them as interacting with the world of humans, you know, in, in ways, for instance, the way issue is often represented as an old man, sometimes, sometimes crippled with a phallic skull, a hunchback wearing red and black. There are many ways that we, we story and, um, you know, bring them into the world of human relations. But I think Orishas, I think of Orishas as intensities, as fields um, that enlist bodies in how the world comes to matter. Issue as a trickster disrupts our idea of, of permanence and binaries. Yes. You think you figured out you think you figured out the world? Issue comes into the picture. You think yes. you've had everything settled? Issue steals into the picture. You think you've won? Nah. Victory owes us a subtle debt to failure right and it yeah. comes in and reminds you that you're not all that right so these are intensities and they we call them orishas and they're what brother i think 256 of them they're 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 multiple they're, orishas yes multiple multiple orishas um there are so many that countless uh wow that's that's a lot you 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 pretty much nailed it um adding to um, their functions, uh, governing forces of nature, uh, rooted, rooted in allegory, anthropomorphic meaning, uh, esoterical wisdom, whatever you want to call it. They are the angels of Christianity. They are the Elohim of Judaism. They are the gods in Hinduism. Uh, they are the netters in Kemet. These, they are the let us make man in our image and likeness. These right. archetypal energies, the archetypal coined by Carl Jung many years ago uh, as archetypal energies, but they're, they are the first five days of the Bible that God created. And then on the sixth day, or the Greeks call the sixth or sex or the day of man, we come. And it becomes our first teacher. Nature is our construct. It is our market is our playground and these forces were here and they're going to be here you can't destroy a tornado you can't destroy the wind you can't uh you can dry up you can make dams with rivers and lakes but eventually water is going to find its way that's olokun um when we when i look at orishas i remember many years ago my godfather he said mm -hmm. uh in his beautiful yoruba voice he said the orishas are like unemployed people they're waiting in the unemployment, the, the unemployment office. They, they're ready for you to put them to work. <laughs> they work for us and they'll always be here. We are the divine, the Ori, the divine spirit. Uh, these Orishas are here to assist us. 
uh, we can humanize them. They do. They have personalities, characteristics, attributes. They have functions. Um, as he was saying, when you 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 can't just walk by Shang. Shango is Kabiesio. It's the king that never dies. Uh, that is our root chakra. That is the bones. That is the sent by the ancestors. This is here to elevate us. Orishas. Uh, with their characteristics, their attributes and functions, we would give Shango plantains because we mm-hmm. feel as though the connection of our our mind has made the connection with nature that this would be the thing to give Shango. Of course, mm-hmm. you can give plantains to anyone, but we've designated them to Shango. Why? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of his trees, because of his attributes, his characteristics. Obotalized not to drink because of the, the 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 head, the wisdom, the intelligence should never be disrupted by that type of influence of spirits with what we call liquor. We call it oti or spirits, but uh, Obotalized yeah. not to drink because mm-hmm. when he drinks, he then creates the hunchbacks. He creates the albinos and and so on and so on. So this is this is. People would say this is folklore. This is tales. No, this is anthropomorphic. Me, this is esoterical wisdom of how people saw their world. Uh, they uh, to know God is know God's creation. So we study the seen to see how the unseen works. And for me, this is where Orishas were born. We had to see how the wind moved, uh, the governing forces of Oya, and and so on and so on and so on. Uh, the healing of herbs with Osayin and the Ogun clan, uh, that Ogun is governing the heart. And um, what do we do uh, when one is sick and ailing? Uh, Yemoja with her nurturing, uh, the great mother, we take her uh, to people and we do the rituals uh, and we try to connect their spirit with the spirit of Yemoja. And this mm-hmm. is this was the medicine. This was the medicine of knowing herbs. Uh, the the priests now are even call herbalists to know the the, the medicine of the forest uh, along with the archetypal energy to bring that together with the power of the tongue in that time mm-hmm. and set things in motion and getting a person to understand what is happening. There's a healing process that can begin if it's within the destiny that this person survives uh, whatever it is that they're going through. Mm-hmm. Orisha. Um, has helped us in many ways. How many times you were on the 20th floor of that corporate building and it was a beautiful April spring morning on a Wednesday and it's the last place you wanted to be was inside of that that building. And you got on that elevator, elevator and you went 20 floors down and you sat in the park, you had your lunch and the last thing you wanted to do was grab your bag and go back upstairs. It's something about nature that heals us it's something about having our feet in the sand and just listening to water rush up to us, but never staying. It goes back. The, mm. the, 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 just simply the science of the human spirit, the body and how it moves with nature. These, mm. you know, when, when we look at the ocean and we see Yemoja, we see Olokun and the, the cowrie shells that comes from the bottom of the ocean that became our first money mm-hmm. uh, representing yeah, the yeah. subconscious the thing that lies deep within us, the answers to for our prosperity that lies deep within us. This is the connection we have to make uh, in getting people to understand what Orisha represents. They're, they they are you, you are them, because you are yeah. nature. 
You know, when yeah. the doctor says you need more magnesium, you need more iron, you need more zinc. This is all the things in the dirt. You need to drink more water. These are all, this is two thirds of the planet and your body is calling, calling for more. It's, it's, it's such a wisdom, it's such an intelligence. And we, as human beings, I've always said, we've, we've complicated every damn thing that we can complicate by simply overthinking and, and then not just letting. And so this whole concept of initiation is about remembering. Someone put it in the group, I think it was Tracy, Sister Tracy, Bashadun put it in the group. It's a, you have these members and now you're trying to remember. And for me, and, I, and, and, and probably building a, 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 going back over the bridge, when Ifa, why now? Oftentimes I've seen what Africans are trying to forget and African-Americans are trying to remember. Remember. We're going to have to come together and understand. Yes, yes. It's yes. not about joining the temple. It's not about joining a mosque or a synagogue, but simply rejoining yourself with that, with that, with that sense of nature. And I, and I say this with all love. I, I'm, I'm not, I, it's not that I don't care about global warming. I just think the earth, it does what it does without our influence, as much as we think we are, she will defend herself and she's going to win. She's always has, she's undefeated. And mm -hmm. I think when we find mm -hmm. our flow and we find our rhythm, I think all of us are lost. And mm -hmm. we're in search of not just self and not just purpose, but there's, a, there's even a deeper part of what we're looking for. We have yet to unlock that DNA that we say we have not unlocked. It's somewhere hidden in that DNA that we have not unlocked of what we're really looking for. And so mm -hmm. it is correct because when we go into ceremonies, we go into initiation, the place we call Igbodu, the womb of the forest to recreate it. We, there's a sense of us that has to go in as a child. No matter if we're 25, 35 or 45, we have to go in as a child. We have to come and we have to start over. Initiation means to begin again. And you don't go into it and you get jacked in like Neo from the Matrix. There's nobody's going to plug you in. You come out and you can do all the martial arts and you know everything. It's the first step of a whole new journey. Or is it the first step of the journey you should have begun many years ago? We don't know. But the one thing we know is it does take a sense. And I think I spoke about that when I left the church. I went on a 10-year quest. I was lost because my home kicked me out and I had to go find self. And I went through all this. It's like the, the alchemist. I had to go through all this to just to get back to self. And uh, mm -hmm. still discovering what self is because there's a new day. <laughs> so what do I mean on this day that I didn't mean on that day a year ago? So here we are. Ashe. Mm -hmm. Ashe. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, sure. sure. Um, what do I want to add to that? Um, you know, there is a sense in which nature is an unfortunate word. And so um, an enlightenment concept. Um, the way we think about it is the way we often think about it, especially modern citizens and our modern epistemologies, our modern ways of knowing is as this dead and instrumental and flattened thing that is only good as a stage 
for human action and human sociality, right? So we are the actors and nature is the stage. I think Ifa marks the moment when the stage refuses to be just a backdrop, right? Mm -hmm. When the stage, when the stage, <laughs> when the stage says, nah, I'm acting too. I'm in the plot. I, I insist on being given a character. Um, I don't suppose, I don't suppose uh, you know the concept of a non-playable character, right? In video gaming, there's mm -hmm. the non-playable character. They're the ones that just walk there for aesthetics, you know, reason, aesthetical reasons. They just walk while you're doing your own stuff, right? They walk and populate over the furniture of the game. But the moment when an NPC interrupts the game is when you know that the uh, shit, so to speak, has hit the fan. <laughs> so in a sense, Ifa is that moment. It's that now the world is not just mechanical. It's not just flat. It's we're not talking about the nature of those continental philosophers. We're not talking about that nature. Um, if we are to use the word and term nature, then it's wild. Nature is wild and populated and teeming with life. And, and, and one way to think about that is the Orishas and, and Orishas trouble the idea that the road is flat because the road is not flat. You know, to use brother Ben Okri's word, the road is famished. The road is involved. The road is curious. The road is hungry. The road is kind and benevolent. The road is invested with desire. So yeah, that, that is, that is one way to think about Orishas. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the chat there's a beautiful question Monique was asking are the Orishas here for everyone can we all call upon them for help absolutely and how I want to see the manager. I want to see the manager. I like how he said absolutely and kept quiet. <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to let my brother answer that. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I'm going to answer in, in this way. Can we call for help? Yes, I think we can. Calling for help is already a mark of humility, right? And humility is a coming down to earth. And a coming down to earth is a witnessing and encountering of Orishas and their intensity, right? So yes, we can call for help. How is a different question. Now, the way that my brother here might, might respond to that would um, or might feel permitted to respond to that might be different from how I respond to that. I feel that calling for help is, is the activation of a different kind of politics, right? Like I feel the politics of our time is, is inadequate to what the world is doing, what the earth is doing, right? We are living and acting as boxes I, I said once at a conference in Nairobi, um, everyone was so fascinated. Now, this goes to your point, brother, that, that the multiple blacknesses across the pond needs to meet and have a conversation. It is true to some degree that 
we are trying to we we pathologize our own and and this is what african americans are picking up and dancing with because i was told that ifa is is demonic work right i was told that it's evil i was told that that one has to i appreciate everyone saying one has to be careful but that was spoken that was spoken in the sense and with the logic that this that the world is divided into two a binary between good and evil and if you speak about ifa you're joining the wrong side of things um but but now i'm recovering from that and to recover for me is to is to try to forge new alliances with the world that we thought we left behind when we started to speak about um freedom and justice as a flattening concept and all those things that are compromised values you know that are that mark the moment when we became part of modernity right so i was saying that i i i, I said in nairobi that thinking outside the box is exactly how boxes think right right there there is a sense in which we are using the impoverished tools of modernity of incarceration to address our suffering and oppression now we need to do something different we need to do the impossible we need to be encountered we need to encounter these orishas and again orishas for me are the invitation of what we rudely call nature to behave and posture ourselves in the world in different ways so when i speak about a politics i'm 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 speaking about a politics that allows us to create art in different ways to listen a politics that is a sensorial emancipation from the trap of modernity and the logic of modernity right orishas cannot be conceived entirely within this linear framework it's all puppets and games you know for instance to the person who is invested in the scientific method and the purity of empiricism right but when you expand your sensorial apparatus and i think this expansion is ongoing in small homeopathic doses we're being invited to lose our way and in losing our way we notice the teeming fields of support and nourishment and enablement and agency that has always been around us so we're being afforded these glimpses now and these glimpses to me come in for disability right it's in those places where we don't know what to do where we don't know how to go forward where we're not exactly sure of what the future might bring those are the shamanic invitations where the orishas dwell it seems to me right it's in the place where you're like i'm not i don't know how to go forward i'm not exactly sure that is when orishas show up that is when for instance he rubs his hand and says yes you're ready you're ready so attend to those places attend to those places of openings of cracks there are the gifts you know to to one cosmology it's failure to another it's a portal it's it's a bridge to new ways of being and seeing but i've spoken too much this is not a keynote this is a conversation <laughs> brother <laughs> yeah to 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 add to that um how do you go to arisha 
that may be more of another show with fundamental practices. Uh, but the one thing I do agree with my brother is anyone that looks for help calls out to help. We all look up to our own heavens uh, when we don't know the answer to things. As I said earlier, I was taught Orishas were here to assist us on our journey. Uh, our divine spirit has leeway. The Orishas are here to assist us. They will always be here. These forces of nature and going back to if we look at uh, this, this, this thing of where a lion is a lion and a giraffe's a giraffe and the wind is the wind and the rain and the rain. That has to be a simplistic intelligence in that when we get thrown off our paths by all that has come to us as we're being bombarded with. And so it's, to me, it, it's very important to understand uh, for everybody out there that's listening, what my brothers just said, because it is, it is, it's a, it's, it's a different way of looking at it, but it's just as powerful for EFI practitioners around the world to remember what you said. Because as much as we love Arisha and much as we revere the forces of nature to help us, we often forget uh, what they actually represent. It's, it's not magicians, it's not magic. There's a, there's a thing of working magically, but it's not a hocus pocus. It's, you, 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 can't, you can't sacrifice a chicken to take away what your uncle did to you in the closet. That trauma has to be dealt with. You, 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 we have to understand Ifa and Orishas, it's all the inner work first. It's not the outer work. To just simply deal with the outer work, in my opinion, you're back in church. You're waiting for something outside of yourself. And so what, what does it really mean? And I think we, we're going back to uh, the, the statement, you, you, you have to get lost first. And, and, t- and you have to purge all this first. What got you to the place that actually thought that you had made it? And, but you're still breathing. You, you, you haven't made it if you're still breathing. And so I, I think when we look at uh, Orisha, I've met people here who are now explaining their dreams of the characteristics, the attributes, the functions, the colors, the numbers, the planets that have showed up in the form of Orisha. And they're, they're now saying, this makes so much sense to me. And these are people who don't even speak English. We have to have translators. So the, the, there's a universal language to it all. And it is also part of the drama of the human condition that in search of what? I think that's part of why we're here, just to understand in search of what? And these, these forces are here to help us, you know, to help guide us to that. And I think the last thing we could do is, is to simply bastardize it into a religion and it's being demonic because 30 years ago, I would have said the same thing. This is witchcraft. This is demonic until I really understood what witchcraft really is. Uh, or was it the actual medicine that our capturers did not want us to, to know? Because if this, if this is what you were doing for them to take people, even most what we call indigenous people around the planet, well, their agricultural skills, their, their, their skills in how seasons move and how things migrate, uh, how to live, 
uh, they weren't surviving, they were living. And to come across those who were just trying to survive or expand their surviving, as opposed to those who were just happy with their living. And, yeah. and, and to me, I, this is why I think also what we said 30 minutes ago is why now? Because mm-hmm. I think the, 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 the politics, the governments have put us into a position of surviving. Ifa teaches us simply how to live, how to get along with what we've been given, as opposed to the constant struggle against something that someone else has put in place or convinced us that it's been put in place. And so to tap into that inner whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, I think sometimes that's the only thing that you have. Malcolm X once said self-preservation is the only thing that you have, uh, preserving the right. His wife said he didn't trust anyone. And Oprah said, well, why, Betty Shabazz, that Malcolm didn't trust anyone? Is he said because under certain circumstances, he don't know if he could trust himself. And But the, the part of surviving and living is, is an area that I think we really need to visit for the average person on a daily basis. Are you surviving or are you living? to that as well not that anything can be added to that beautiful response and i thank you brother for your sentiments and your politics and your gesture of reaching out or reaching out that is already a hyphenation of bodies right right it's not that because we're not we have never been the dissociated self that our modern epistemologies compose us as we are not dots, but lines. And it might feel like a querying of the beginning. We started with examining our mutual Christianization and how we were both kicked out, so to speak. Um, And and I return to a story that is um, written by C.S. Lewis. Um, I cannot remember all the characters, and I know there's Aslan. Aslan is the lion who is a stand-in for Jesus, right? uh, and I think there is another one called Bar Aslan, but I, but I can't quite remember the name. Just a long time ago, I read this, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Chronicles of Narnia. And she tells the story of a soldier who is on the other side, right? The story, uh, this soldier is, is not a worshiper of Aslan, so he's not considered good, right? But yet this, this soldier is is um is is commendable lives well lives in beautiful relationship with the earth and with others around him when he dies he is he finds he finds himself in a field and aslan comes to him and he's shocked because it wasn't aslan he prepared to see it was his own god not aslan 
And so he's like, I'm so sorry. Right? I didn't know it was you all along. That was the real God. Right. This is the story. And Aslan says um, he expects to be banished or punished. And Aslan responds by saying, no, not at all. You are my child. And all those things you did for those people, you did for me. You notice, brother, you, I'm sure you noticed the, the Christianity here. Yeah. Now, all those things you know you did for those people, you did for me as well. Now, I tell these, this story because um, there is a politics that is a contemporaneous politics that doesn't know what to do with fluidity. It's scandalized by the idea that identities are not primary, that identity flows. Ishu realizes this, Ishu knows this, and the technology of the Orishas is an invitation to get lost over and over again, and not to hold so tightly to what we think we know. To that person asking about how do, how do I show up? I am a white person. Uh, I don't look like you. How, how do I show up here? And I'm saying to you that Orisha, Orisha is much more than a constellation of human-like figures. Orisha is, a, is an animist territory. It's a posture. It's an intensity of field. And it will enlist whoever it wants to enlist, especially those that don't even look like me, right? I don't even speak my own language well. And I've heard people from Europe speaking my language to me, right? There is a sense in, and I'm not reducing Orisha to the communication of language, but I'm just trying to say here that the posture of decolonial futures and emancipatory possibilities will not depend on us looking like something or the other, right? It will invite us into a, a, a beautifully radical and hospitable place of new kinds of relationships. So in some senses, you are already being enlisted, right? Enlistment is different from initiation, but you are enlisted if you are asking these questions. And I would encourage you to keep on cultivating bewilderment and keep yeah. on finding others to keep communing with. <laughs> and summarily, by and by, Asher following you around, you will be met and you will be Asher. called. Yes. And you'll Asher. be invited in. And there's a lot of goodies in and feasts. Asher. Yes. And thank you for listening to The Sounds of Sand. We invite you to explore more of our talks, dialogues, videos, articles, events, and offerings through our website, scienceandnonduality.com. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please consider becoming a member to access our massive library of SAND content, available exclusively to SAND members. And we would love it if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify, and share this episode with your family, friends, and all sentient beings. Be well. <laughs>